It's the 7 o'clock hour, and you're listening to the Morning Blitz. Oh, are we on the air? Sort of, yeah. Rick Corey. That's right. Had... Keep trying to get out of it. Brees Hulse. <laughs> Bryce Hulse. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, <clears throat> Coming to you from the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio on the Blitz 1170. 725 on the Blitz 1170. Thanks again to Jason Toy for MRN. That was a terrific interview. And thank you. We got a text right there that just said, great interview. He was. He was a really good interview, wasn't he? Now, he's been with them since 98. So the dude knows his his stuff. He knows what he's doing. And it's a huge broadcast team at MRN, which does such a nice job. Because he's right. There are so many stories that, that branch off that. Maybe more NASCAR than almost anything else because of the backgrounds of drivers uh, and their and their openness too, which is really cool. But isn't it cool to hear that dude who's been in racing with MRN since '98 and his bucket list is to come to the Chili Bowl? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty cool because again, Tulsa brings so many different avenues when it comes to sports and culture. We can tell you all day it's a big deal, mm-hmm. and, but we're just talking head voices you've heard. That guy who works for a network broadcasting nascar is telling you he wants to come here mm-hmm. uh, and i just think that's really really cool all right he's bryce all i'm rick cory and we'll get this this, this day in sports history i promise i'm sorry <laughs> we are behind the technical Still, difficulties kind of yeah well it kind of and at 8 10 this morning we're gonna talk bedlam hockey i love this osu ou hockey we're gonna talk to the oklahoma state hockey coach and their team captain all right i mentioned caitlin clark and we're hearing you know tons and tons about she's the all-time leading scorer in women's basketball that's not true she is the all-time leading scorer in women's NCAA basketball. There is a, a difference here. She still has she passed Kelsey Plum, by the way, from Washington back in 2017. However, there are two players who have scored more in women's basketball. Lynette Woodard at Kansas, 77 to 81, and then Pearl Moore, who scored over 4,000. Now, the reason is because Lynette Woodard scored those points under the Association of Intercollegiate Athletics for Women, not the NCAA. She still scored more points than Caitlin Clark. And then Pearl Moore scored more points than both of them. But she played such a long time ago, and I I think it might even have been before the AIAW. So it's a little misleading. I mean, it's it's a wonderful stat. And by the way, if she keeps it up, she's going to pass Pete Maravich. And, and this is us all time for, yeah. for men's and women's. Yeah, which is really, really impressive. But, you know, when you start reading about this, and you know, look, if you're not the world's biggest college basketball fan on the women's side, but you know, of course, about Caitlin Clark, and especially yeah. after last year at LSU and, the you know, the back and forth and that kind of thing. So you know about Caitlin Clark. You know what a score is. You know the ridiculously incredible shot she has and that three she hit last night to set the record may have been i mean they said 35 footer it might have been further oh yeah (laughs) and it barely rippled the net i mean golly can that girl play uh anyway so when you started reading about it and i'm interested in it it said she's the all-time leading scorer and then it said but these two people have scored more well then she's not the all-time leading (laughs) scorer i'm sorry i think it's fairly simple the NCAA changing the letters of the people in charge mm-hmm. didn't change much else. Now, some of these, and I don't think Pearl Moore even played at a time when they had the three-point line. So scoring yeah. over four grand is pretty damn impressive <laughs> overall, if you will. Of course, neither did Pete. And I think what Pete Maravich would have had had that been the case. Anyway, and, and you know, and, and when okay, when did the three-point line 
in women's basketball become established, Bryce? I am not remembering the date. The NCAA didn't universally implement a three-point line until 1986. All right, so even Lynette Woodard's played So I would assume that would mean all across. Yeah, so even Lynette Woodard played before that. Yeah. Uh, so interesting. NCAA, the NCAA started having or recognizing women's basketball in 82, yeah. so I would assume that they meant that. So, so it's, yeah, so that I means those are all interesting points, not taking anything away from Caitlin Clark, but if you hear and then read something different, that's what they're talking about. And that kind of thing happens from time to time. But I wanted to clear it up. I absolutely wanted to clear it up. And that's not the only basketball we're talking about. I'm so interested in the NBA All-Star game, which is not something normally I would take a lot of time to watch. You know, the three-point, the dunk, and all that kind of stuff. And you'd watch a little because it's just, you know, the best athletes in the world. And I've said before, if I was ever going to take a head coaching gig, I'd want the head coaching gig in this game. <laughs> I mean, you start looking at the starting lineups. Holy cow. Start doing the Mike Dan or uh, D'Antoni for the Rockets where you're just sitting back with your legs crossed, just let them do their thing. Roll the ball out there and let it go <laughs> yep. and see what happens. You know, we're, we're excited because Shea's going to start for the West, but it's the floor. If you've read about this floor, it's a, they say these floors run 800000 to $2.5 per floor. Mm. which is a little bit more than your basic hardwood. But they're actually LEDs that are cooled by air circulating under with a glass, textured glass cover above it. Now, it's interesting because when you read about this 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 floor, now we see people projecting things onto floors now. Tulsa does that, and it's really cool. Yeah. Uh, we, but this floor is literally a video board. Where you can put you can put stats on the board, you can run animation, you can run you you can play video games, you can do anything Pretty you cool. want on this board and these LEDs. But what's interesting about it is they say there's a tiny bit of texture to the glass, which makes it a little better for the players when it comes to grip. But it also says because when you think that you think oh when you fall it says nope if you fall it's soft how. <laughs> I, I, Science. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, I was trying to read as much as I could Technology. about it, and there are words in there that I wouldn't understand if I went back to school for 30 years. Uh, but it all has to do with the makeup of this thing, and it's, you know, when we think about all the advances and things we do that are really cool, you look at this and go, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I would have thought like, of it. It never ceases to amaze you what yeah. new things pop up. Right? I can't wait to see it. I really can't wait to see part of it. 731 of the Blitz 1170. As I mentioned, still to come, we'll talk bedlam hockey. We'd like your text at 918-262-5072. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here in the Blitz 1170 Oilers, Tulsa Oilers studio. And one of the reasons I'm asking is because we want to get back to the Mike Boynton points. And, you know, unfortunately, and I don't, I don't even know how to put this. The interest in Oklahoma State basketball is just not what it was. And I'm I'm not being I'm not degrading the program. We carry Oklahoma State. I I, I mean I'm a friends of I'm I'm you know I don't go along walks with Mike Gundy, but when I saw him at Big 12 Media Day, he goes, "Hey, I remember you. We used to do this and this and this and this and we had a nice conversation. We had a nice conversation on air." I, I like you guys down there. I've known Kevin Clintworth a long time. I knew Steve Buzzard for a long time. I actually worked down there one year at broadcasting football on the sidelines back in 93. I, I, I like the program. I like all these programs in the state. I legitimately do. But the interest overall, because of the lack of success, hasn't been as great. And so honestly, right now, when you hear what Mike Boynton has been saying, it's not, re, it's not generating that much response. You used a key word a few weeks ago, which is apathy. Yeah. And I, I think that's where we're at, that you're also losing people from being frustrated, right, about the program. It's just become a... 
Yeah, is what it is. Yeah, Whatever, I, and I, that's that's very dangerous place to be in. I hope it's not the case. You know, some of that can come from frustration. All right, they're not where I want them to be. They're not going to be there this year. I need mean, to just move on. And I understand winning makes changes everything. I get that. I mean, Eddie proved it, and Mr. Iba proved it, and the other guys. I mean, even Travis Ford at times proved it, and so did Sean sometimes. And Mike had his day, but it was with Cade Cunningham. So, I mean, things were different at that point. So I know that can change everything, but I just, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Tell me I'm wrong at 918-262-5072. I hope I'm wrong because the, the thing that will kill a program quicker than anything else is apathy. Yeah, uh, I guess we could go, but, yeah. Man, when it gets to that, trouble. Mm-hmm. There's Absolutely. A, yeah, and it, it worries me. I, and I hope it's not what I think it is. But at any rate, I'd like to know what you think about what Mike said, and we'll play some more of that when we come back. It's 7.33, and this is a Friday drive to work. Oh, thank God, right here on the Blitz. The Oklahoma State Cowboys call the Blitz 1170 home. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. You can listen to those Oklahoma State Cowboys. Tomorrow's they'll be hosting 19th-ranked BYU that will start with a 12:30 pregame, or, or excuse me, a 12 o'clock pregame here on the Blitz, and a one o'clock tip-off. The 25th-ranked Oklahoma Sooners will host the sixth-ranked Kansas Jayhawks, the LNC, Saturday. The Sooners are looking for their first win against the Jayhawks since 2021. Tip-off for that one is at three o'clock. That's the Window World of Tulsa Two Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holst, the Blitz 1170, and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? Call us up at 918-879-1170. We want to hear from you. Rick Corey and Bryce Hulse. 918-262-5072 is your Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line here at 738. So if you need to be at work uh, at 8, you got about 21 and a half minutes. Uh, will you let us know what you know, about the Oklahoma State thing again, about what Mike Boynton said. If you haven't read it yet in the Tulsa world, we'll recap it here in a minute. Plus, we're going to talk a little bedlam hockey coming up at 810, and I can't wait. In the meantime, we had to kind of put this off because we were behind because of a computer snafu and, a, and, a, and kind of a strange time for an interview. But let's get around to it. Triad I Institute wants Bryce Hulse to talk some more. Fire up Huey Lewis for a trip back in time. It's today in sports history with Bryce Hulse on the Blitz 1170. Brought to you by Triad I Institute. Now grabbing the back of a Jeep while on his skateboard, it's Bryce Hulse. This day in sports history, February 16th, 1900. Stanley Cup in Montreal Arena in West Mount Quebec. Montreal Shamrocks beat the Winnipeg Victorias 5-4 to take the Challenge Series 3-1. 1950, writers failed to elect anyone to baseball's Hall of Fame. Former Giants Mel Ott and Bill Terry are the top vote-getters, but failed to be elected into the Hall of Fame. 1952, Hall of Famer Honus Wagner, 77, retires after 40 years as a Major League player and coach. He receives a pension from the Pittsburgh Pirates, with whom he spent most of those years. 1953, Ted Williams safely crash lands his damaged Panther jet, later awarded the Air Medal. 1961, Elgin Baylor of Los Angeles scores 57 points to lead Lakers over to Detroit Pistons, 129-106. 1970, Joe Frazier retains his world heavyweight title with a fifth-round knockout of Jimmy Ellis. 1975, the 17th Daytona 500, Benny Parsons wins after Cale Yarbrough sends race leader David Pearson spinning on the back stretch. Parsons avoids the accident and takes the victory. 1985, largest NBA crowd to date, 43,816 to see Philadelphia at Detroit. 1985, Livingston Bramble defeats Ray Boom Boom Mancini to win the WBA championship. 
1992, L.A. Lakers retired Magic Johnson's number 32 uniform. 1994, John Stockton hands out 12 assists in Utah's 103-99 road win over the Los Angeles Clippers to become the third guard in NBA history, joining Magic Johnson and Oscar Robinson to reach 9,000 career assists. 1997, Jeff Gordon, 25, becomes the youngest winner of the Daytona 500 after Dale Earnhardt crashes 12 laps from the end to prolong his Daytona 500 jinx. 1999, O.J. Simpson's 1968 Heisman Trophy is sold for $230,000 to help settle a $33.5 million civil judgment against Simpson for the deaths of his ex-wife and her friend. 2002, the sale of the Florida Marlins to a group headed by Jeffrey Loria becomes official. 2005, the 2004 and 05 NHL season is canceled by Commissioner Gary Bettman, the first time a North American professional sports league is called off a season due to labor dispute. 2006, Ernie Stautner, German-American football player, passes away at the age of 80. And 2011, Albert Pujols' self-imposed deadline for reaching agreement on a long-term contract extension with the St. Louis Cardinals expires without a deal. Pujols is seeking $300 million over 10 years, states that there will no longer be negotiations during the season in order to avoid a potential distraction. The three-time National League MVP is slated to become a free agent the next fall. Birthdays today, February 16th, 1941, Bill Tobin, former Bears and Colts general manager. 1958, Herb Williams, former Pacers and Knicks center. 1959, John McEnroe, seven-time major tennis champion. 1972, Jerome Bettis, Hall of Fame Steelers running back. 1977, Amon Green, former Packers running back. 1985, Mike Pollock, former Colts guard. 1987, Hashim Thabit, former Grizzlies center. 1992, Kyle Fuller, Broncos cornerback. 1995, Josh Reynolds, Lions wide receiver. And 2000, Kobe White, Bulls guard. And that is This Day in Sports History, brought to you by Triad Eye Institute. Pretty good birthdays there, including McEnroe. 742 here on the Blitz 1170, a Friday drive to work. We have a text here about the Mike Boynton thing I'll read in a moment at 918-262-5072. It's not just about Mike Boynton. I think it's about college athletics overall. And it will, trust me, filter down to more than one program. Just happens to be affecting them in Stillwater now, and I think that whole thing was accelerated by the NCAA penalties and the FBI. Uh, but we'll get into that in a minute. Right now, let's do some things that aren't sports, huh? Get around that a little bit. All right. So I've asked before, and we've talked before about Guinness Book of World Records. What would you? I mean, what are the links you would go to? Some of the things people will do just to get in the books. You know, Tulsa got in there with the uh, was the beer tasting, right? Because the pizza didn't do it. Uh, yeah, I or think it was a beer. Was yeah. it a beer first? Okay. I think it was yeah, a and beer. then the pizza wouldn't work, yeah. Or was it a pizza and then the hell Vice, vice versa. One anyway, they got into one of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it was cool, and I think they're going to keep doing what they think I, is I fun. think it was the pizza. I think it was the pizza that worked. It, it might have been. At any rate, so there's a Danish guy. His name is Peter von Tangenbuskov. Love that. Right. Who has now a Guinness Book of World Records. He stuck 68 matches up his nose. No, they were not lit. Because I know that was the next question. <laughs> yes, there are pictures, and they don't look comfortable. And I don't know how he knew that was a record or if he just got a hold of Guinness and said, hey, is this a record? Or was he one day sitting around just shoving matches up his nose, and someone goes, you know what you ought to do, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 crazy. I think that's the more logical. I'm, none of this is logical, but that's the most logical thing is that he who's like, wait a minute, I could be breaking a world record right now. Let's see. It's my normal Sunday afternoon. I'm and- just telling you. So if you're sitting around this weekend and there's no football, you know the race is until Sunday. You know, I'm talking Daytona. 
you don't have the uh, all-star game till Sunday in the NBA. Sure, you got college basketball. And yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, heck, at it. have at it. Take Kansas, Oklahoma, BYU, OSU, Tulsa Rice. Sure, that's fun, right? Get after it. But otherwise, if you're sitting around going, huh, what do we got to do? Give it a shot. Shoot for number 69. See what you have. <laughs> <laughs> the matches, I mean. I know. Yeah. I'm with. <laughs> Thanks for the explanation, Bryce. My uh, <laughs> 60 plus years didn't get that to me. All right. Uh, here's something that, you know what? I'm, I'm always amazed by the amount of money celebrities make, mm-hmm. actors, things like that. Well, and the reason I can bring this up is that Kevin Costner and Christine Baumgartner's divorce has now been settled. And it, this thing went beyond bitter. This was more like a, a the Iron Man Thor fight <laughs> from mm. one of the Marvel <laughs> movies. <laughs> nice. It was we yeah, more like that. She asked for two hundred forty eight thousand dollars a month in alimony, two hundred forty eight grand a month, because she said she needed it for plastic surgery. Oh, well, why didn't you say so? Yeah, uh, Costner uh, said, "Yeah, no," and they offered back seventy five thousand a month. A month. <laughs> Judge decided on sixty three thousand. Nice compromise. I'd marry him and get divorced for 63K (laughs) a month, right? It'd be quick. Easy moolah. uh Uh-huh. So (laughs) he's paying her 63K a month. Do the simple math. You're over 700K a year. Just because you were married to Kevin Costner. We all do live in a very, very different world, (laughs) don't we? Um, There is a small Mexican town where apparently there is joint human alien experimental lab underground okay yeah yeah <clears throat> you buying any of this this, this is actually is probably it's actually new mexico oh yeah, yeah yeah it's in dulce new mexico supposedly isn't that where area 51 is area 51 in it, no it, it no it's not oh. it, it, area 51 is in nevada Ah, okay. and not far from yeah. now. Roswell, of course, is in New Mexico. Anyway, I no, I, I, I'm, not, not I'm not buying it. Uh, I'm not buying it in the least bit. Uh, Paul McCartney has found something really cool. Now, I associate Paul McCartney. This is gonna sound funny with Dolly Parton. From this standpoint, <laughs> nobody doesn't like him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Find me somebody, even if you're not a Beatles fan or whatever, who doesn't like McCartney. He's just a likable guy, right? Sure. So he's, he has fun. You know, he seems to, I mean, he's he's endured forever. He's always been the kind of the calm one of the Beatles, if you will, you mm-hmm. know, all that kind of stuff. Well, he has been reunited with the bass that he played on one of his favorite songs 51 years later. Wow. It's a 1961 Hofner 501. He bought it when he was a teenager in Hamburg for $37. Is way before he was, you know, Paul McCartney. Mm. And they used it for many things. He used it uh, for Twist and Shout, All My Lovin', Love Me Do. Mm. And he hadn't seen it in 51 years. Where has it been? Uh, I don't know. I guess, you know, one of those things got sold and all those kinds of things. But he got it back. It cost him more than $37. <laughs> Which he can cover now, right? <laughs> he can. Well, he can marry a Costner, too. But he got it back. I just I just think that's a great story. That's fine. You know, with with the, the history and all that, and that $37 base launched Paul McCartney. I think that's really cool. Uh, if you're looking to buy a super yacht, the United States government's getting uh, getting rid of one. 
They are trying to unload a $300 million super yacht. And it's Russian that they had seized. I think it was a drug mm. issue thing. And so they seized this thing. The reason they're going to trying to get rid of it, a lot of times when that happens in those seizure cases, they'll take whatever it is and they'll turn that into something the government uses. Like when they get speedboats in Florida, sometimes they'll just turn those into government speedboats so they can chase the bad guys. Yeah. I think it's kind of cool. Apparently, they couldn't think of anything to do with the $300 million <laughs> super yacht. And here's the, here's the thing. It was costing them $600,000 a month in upkeep. Goodness. Now, if you've ever owned a boat, you know that can be true. Mm, uh, unfortunately, had, no. had, I've had three, and including the last mm. one, the 33-foot carver that cost us in the range of $400 a month to not even drive. Because you had, I mean, it was too big to be trailered, so it had to be slipped. And so you're paying for a slip and you're paying for electric. And if you're down there, you're paying for, you know, you're paying for other services and upkeep and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's expensive. Uh, so the U.S. has asked a judge for permission to sell it because it's costing you and me 600 k a month. Yeah. Right? Because we are. right. And, and the, so they're looking to do it. If you'd like to bid on it, you can take a look at it. It looks like maybe it's going to go on sale in the next couple of three days. Mm-hmm. And just when you thought you'd heard the weirdest thing you've ever heard, firefighters got a call to rescue a hiker. So they right. go to rescue the hiker who's in the ne- hills near Chatsworth, California. And they find this hiker about 8.45 after people had called and said this guy was yelling for help. So they they lower a rescue down to the guy. Hey, I think that's him down there. And it turns out he's naked. Uh. So he just went ahead and went camping or hiking naked. Hmm. Now, I there are things you do naked, but, you know, shower, some other things. Yeah. But I don't think hiking goes in there. And see, I have a rule. Don't run the hurdles naked. Right? Seems like a good rule of thumb. I think it is. Think about it. Think that through. And don't go camping naked or hiking naked. Just doesn't mm-hmm. seem to make sense to me. In this case, though, they had to strap this dude in, which, you know, yeah. that's not going to be terribly comfortable when mm-hmm. all the danglies are out. Yeah. And then haul him up to a helicopter, which also, if you're a neighbor. <laughs> quite, imagine... quite an image. <laughs> I haven't seen a rescue team out in a while, and oh, I haven't seen that. <laughs> is that a, Oh, it is. All right. Uh, some birthdays that are not sports today. Elizabeth Olsen, the younger brother of Mary-Kate and Ashley, of course, from the Avengers movies. Yeah, she's, uh, she's, she's nice. Yeah, she is. Uh, she's very much so. Mm-hmm. LeVar Burton is 67 today. Oh, wow. Reading, By the way, reading Rainbow. Yeah, how about that? How, well, come on. Star Trek. <laughs> how, and Roots. That's so you can tell the difference. He got his start in Roots. Oh, okay. Where do you, how old do you think Elizabeth Olsen is? Uh. 39. 35. Yeah, okay. you, you shot a little high. Mahershala Ali, fantastic actor. Oh, really, really good. Hidden Figures, Moonlight, The Hunger Games, you name it. He's 50 today. William Catt from The Greatest American Hero. I bet you don't remember him. No. If you Googled him, you remember he, You'd see his picture. He's 74 years old today. All right, some uh, musical. The Weeknd today is yeah, 34. 34. You know his real name? No. I, I don't think I can s- pronounce it. Abel, which is spelled like normal, and then Mackinnon Tesfaya, I believe, is how you would say that. Uh, Andy Taylor from Duran Duran. <laughs> My wife was a big Duran Duran fan. 63 years old today. 
Dave Lombardo from Slayer is 59. Uh, who else here? Uh, Doug Phelps, Kentucky Headhunters. He is 64 years old today. And that, my friends, is a look at not sports and this day in sports history. 752 on the Blitz 1170. I'm going to read that text about the NIL and Mike Boynton when we come back. Plus, I got a lot of other notes and things to get into, which we will. And at 810, we talk a little Bedlam hockey. Oklahoma State's hockey coach, Rich Kuzmeski, and the team captain, Jacob Thompson, will be with us on the Blitz 1170. Your new home for the Dallas Cowboys is the Blitz 1170. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Kaitlin Clark of Iowa has passed former Washington Husky Kelsey Plum as the all-time leading scorer in NCAA women's college basketball. Clark needed eight points to break the record, and she got to that mark in two minutes and 12 seconds thanks to a pull-up three from the logo. Recovered by Gabby Marshall. Here comes Clark. How will she go for history? And remember, NASCAR fans, this Sunday is the Daytona 500. You'll be able to hear that event right here on the Blitz 1170 starting at 1230. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. The Blitz 1170 weather provided by Community Care, your locally owned health plan. Blitzing up your mornings. This is the Morning Blitz with Rick Corey. Want to get in the game? You can always join in by texting us at 918-262-5072. It's the Neuropathy Treatment Clinic of Oklahoma text line, and many people have done that here at 759 leading into 8 o'clock. Bryce also in the next room. I'm Rick Corey. We've already overcome a computer snafu in the morning, and God knows who else. <laughs> and what else, honestly? All right, so we went back to the Mike Boynton thing, and I want to read a text we got about it. If you don't know, and for the context and all, to make sure we're all on the same page here, you know, Mike had said during an interview with um, the Tulsa World and Bill Haston, NIL and keeping it, you know, that, that OSU was at 500K or right below in NIL and basketball, where there are programs at $2 million. And we get that. Bryce had a couple of great points, which we'll have him make again a little bit later on. But it really came down to, it came down to like it sounded like, look, we're not getting enough money, so we can't keep players. And then when he got asked about it yesterday in his news conference, which you can imagine what happened, there's no question about that. And so he started talking about it. Now, we've already played part of that this morning. And that was, you know, look, here's what we get. It's hard to retain. And that's what Bryce had brought up is what he said was talent acquisition and, and a retention. They've gotten talent. Talent hasn't really been the problem. It was much more of just keeping that talent, and they weren't able to do what they wanted to do necessarily in keeping that talent. And so he talked about, you know, having the money to get people then, and then the tampering that can goes on, and we all know goes on. He made it clear the whole time. He goes, look, I've still got to do a better job. My staff has to do a better job. But right. he also made it clear that getting and keeping players is hard because of money. And he's right. It is. Realistically, it is. But how many programs – you think Florida Atlantic had a lot of money for their basketball program in NIL? They didn't. And they go to a Final Four. Yes, lightning in a bottle. But they're still ranked. They're as good as last year, but they're ranked. Yeah, and that's that still was a reason to bring guys back, right? That They brought back almost their exact same team. Mm-hmm. 
and again, that's, and again, that's a Final Four. I get that it's you know a little bit easier to be like, well, yeah, go to a Final Four and you'll keep your team, you know. Yeah, but right. but still, even for a Florida Atlantic, that was something to buy into, right? Well, so. and you, yeah, because what you said is something to buy into because we use the pro, the football program as an example. Mike Gundy has built a cowboy culture, something to buy into, and the great thing about that cowboy culture in football is it doesn't just cover a year. It's right. not just about success in one game. That cowboy culture is not about the Fiesta Bowl. It's not about the win over Notre Dame. It's about every day. It's about next year. It's about every year, which is why Ollie and the other guys are still down there. And I'm not saying Mike Boynton's doing a worse job. I'm just saying that is something to stay for, something to count on that you talked about. Mm -hmm. It's not just wins. If it was, Kentucky would be better than they are this year. And they're yeah. they're Kentucky. They'll be all right. They're going to make the tournament. Well, unless they completely collapse, they're going to make the tournament because they're still really talented. They get great players, but they're not very good. Mm-hmm. And part of it's Cal. I mean, he looks uninterested to me. But there's some of that going on too. At any rate, uh, back to what Mike Boynton said yesterday as he was talking more about the money in the NIL. Well, I don't necessarily want to retract anything that I said. Um, I, I'm always pretty honest, guys. I mean, and I, I hope nobody took that as me making excuses. It's just point out the reality of college athletics in 2024. And so if there's something specific you want to ask about, I'll, I'll I try what, to answer. What can OSU do better or collectives or however do better in the NIL space? Yeah, so I, I don't know if there's a magic answer, right? Part of it is got to play better, right? And I think more the better you play, uh, the more people are willing to invest their time and resources into the program. That's totally fair. Um, but there's a little bit of chicken and egg kind of scenario here where um, as much as people want to pretend that that's not how recruiting works anymore, that's just not reality. And I know it's not supposed to be inducements, but NIL isn't happening because kids are so popular that BMW wants to sponsor them. <laughs> In fact, that's why collectives exist because BMW doesn't want to sponsor them. <laughs> Does that make sense, guys? I mean, this isn't rocket science. And again, we got to coach better. I got to continue to make my players better. But the way you get players now is totally different than the way you got players four years ago. I mean, let's not even go back to 1995 with an article necessarily referenced. When do those conversations about next season happen? I mean, obviously, you've got you know, several freshmen right now that mm-hmm. are you know, you know, four or five-star guys that are contributing now on the court. And how do you been a couple days since Saturday. What? about next not year, only... that's going to the league or going to another school or coming back here next year kind of start happening? See, I think that's part of the challenge. The conversations with us, we'd like to get through the season, make them better, and have a conversation about where they are. But that's not, again, it's not reality. Those conversations with the kids are happening all the time. They're just not happening with our staff. They're happening with sometimes their parents, sometimes other relatives, sometimes their high school coaches, sometimes with other college coaches. Um, and so you got to constantly have an awareness of. You know where it is. Again, I've come in this room and told you guys several times, man. The guys call our kids. It happens. It's part of the game now. It's it's a part that no one really wants to talk about because it it feels kind of slimy, right? <laughs> but I don't live in a fantasy world, man. I live in a real world where, you know, I know people are probably contacting Brandon Garrison. Like it's a reality. And so, back to your question, do we want him? 
if you don't want them because you don't want the coach, then okay, he's going to go somewhere else. I'm not saying you keep him because you keep the coach. But I'm just saying those things are not mutually exclusive, right? You got to take care of your kids. Otherwise, they leave. And if your kids leave, sometimes what it does is it sends a message that your kids can be taken easily. <laughs> He's got a point, uh, and, and, and he's also got a point because people are – we know there's tampering going on. As a matter of fact, the uh, the offensive lineman that went from Alabama to Iowa said, hey, yeah, they called me. Yeah, And and there is no repercussion for that because the NCAA is absolutely neutered. And they neutered <laughs> themselves. And then they mm-hmm. tried to throw in a little this and that and all that kind of – look, they're done. All we have to do is flip the omelet. They're finished. Yeah. And, and somebody has to finally say that, and then we have to come up with your own, which they will do. As soon as the the big schools break off into their own, the Greg Sankeys of the world, and you know he's good at what he does, we'll be in charge of that, and then we'll go down the road that we all think we're going to go down. But your point was not when you, when you made your point ex- earlier, which I thought was really excellent. It's not about acquisition of talent; it's about retention, which does have something to do with money. But there's more yeah. than that, isn't there? Yeah, I, I think that. It's, it's a good point overall, again, from what everybody's dealing with. But when you talk about talent retention, you're going to have some exits here and there no matter what. And that's going to happen you know, to multiple sports programs throughout college athletics. But I always go back to the offseason of 2022 because you were able to bring back two former five stars. You're able to bring back Caleb Boone, mm-hmm. Avery Anderson, who, you know, Caleb Boone and Avery Anderson were all Big 12 players. Mm-hmm. So even retaining really good talent has happened under Mike Boynton when you have something that you think you can build on. The problem is being able to sustain that focus and sustain that mission. And that's where you have issues like what happened in 2023 offseason coming after a disappointing year where you're just in the outside of the NCAA tournament, which did I think there were a couple of teams in the NCAA tournament that OSU was better than? Sure. But you can't be mad about it because you immediately look back at UCF and Southern Illinois back in November, which, again, that's happened time and time again in Boynton's career, where you look back and there's some non-conference team that waltzes into GIA and, and, and steals a victory from them. You know, a part of that, I'm, I'm, pardon me for interrupting you just They're a good. minute there, is there was a time when that would be overlooked like it is for Kansas or Kentucky. But that mm-hmm. time has passed right now because of wins. You lose those games, it gets noticed. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And so that's why when you go into the offseason of 2023, you can, got, you can get into opportunities where maybe guys like Avery Anderson and Caleb Boone, you know, Caleb Boone only went to UNLV, but still, Moussa Cissé went to Ole Miss Avery Anderson goes to TCU, but those guys, they start to probably feel like they're in a loop a little bit, like there's something more that they're missing out on. Yep. And when you look at football programs like what Mike Gundy has going on, you know, we're talking about Brandon Garrison for Boynton's squad right now, who, yeah, I think he has so much potential and a lot of raw talent. He's definitely probably getting looks. Ollie Gordon was probably getting more looks than anybody. Oh, I guarantee you Ollie was getting calls. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's where it's just really tough for me. And again, he's always had a, a really good job getting talent in. But that's, I think, the main thing that I really want to hammer home is he really is trying to focus on retention through NIL. He's, up, he's had opportunities to retain players. But if you can't sustain them through what's happening on the court, 
then it's kind of hard to just say, oh, well, they just get more money and there's nothing else we can do. Are you saying at bottom line then it's more about money than it is about player-coach relationship or wins? I, I don't think it's about money. I, I think it's about wins ultimately at the end of the day because, again, most OSU programs are – struggling with with nil not necessarily i don't want to say struggling They're not struggling they just don't have they don't have some of the resources they don't have the same thing some others do and again mm. I, I think uh gundy and gayeski are two good examples because mm. gundy was able to retain right but when you look at kenny gayeski for softball he hasn't been retaining the same team every year he's had to get, bring in freshmen and hit the portal hard every year uh those teams have had a um a lot of I'm forgetting the term right now, but just a lot of ins and outs on that roster. Mm-hmm. But, a changeover. But, but yeah, yeah, exactly. But they've been able to sustain success throughout all of that. So I think it's just kind of interesting to look at those two examples that even though they're vastly different and Boynton has not been able to recover. A couple of texts I want to get to before we take our break and get to uh, Bedlam Hockey. This one comes from Steve at uh, 3846. He said, Oklahoma State gets probation for something it had no control over. Well, it had control back in the day, but not over that group, and I understand what you mean. Then they turn around, and the NCAA allows NIL to pay players, so they leave based on who has the highest dollar, not where their competency is. It's not just OSU. It's everywhere, to which I responded, yeah, it is, and without those NCAA issues at other places. But how long can that be held up as a reason not to retain players? His response was no doubt. But, now this is interesting, as a booster, until there are some rules in place to stop the revolving door, that I'm not much interested in investing. Mm. So that's somebody who wants to give money to the program, but is not until they see retention. Yeah. Okay, retention comes from wins and money. Okay. It goes back to that chicken and the egg thing, right? You right. <laughs> talked is, about yeah. with A and M. I heard Boynton use that exact term for his thing. Mm-hmm. And actually, I you know I I had said that a little bit earlier. Okay, and then we got another one that says I think NIL has changed the landscape of college athletics. What Coach Boynton was trying to convey, for whatever reason, was the lack of NIL for his NIL for his sport has impacted what we see on the court. And I think it's probably somewhat true. But it says when you're reaching out to donors, he's got to realize. Who he's reaching out to, the donors that are capable of making an NIL difference for OSU want to see more wins than losses, and they want to see a run in a tournament. Money does not get handed over in hopes that one day you'll do it. The loyal and true want to see you do it and then help sustain you. And I think that's due to generational differences, how it was before NIL and after. Now, that's a really interesting point. Mm -hmm. So they want it handed over, but the loyal and true want to want to help after you you're successful is that true if you're loyal and true don't you want to help them get there and then after that it's the bandwagon people and there's a difference between backing your program wins or losses and a difference between bandwagoning on at the end to me that's a dichotomy i think that's a 180 and i don't i don't i don't know that i agree with that and i think the loyal and true would would yeah i understand your point they would probably want to help no matter what Mm -hmm. uh, to get you to that point but again, the talent that I've seen over the past five years or so can get you to some pretty good mm-hmm. spots, uh, yep, d- desp- yep. despite all that. And oh. so, how how much better is investing more in NIL and getting that one more four star, that one more five star? How much is that going to help you to where you're no longer 
blowing double digit leads mm-hmm. against mid majors. Yeah. You know, I mean, how much is that really going to help down the line? Well, and I I responded to that texter, and that comes from two o five two, said, well, this we're back to the chicken and the eggs thing. Yep. I mean, are you saying wins before money or money before wins? And they say, do you look at the seven years and evaluate the program based on results, or do you recognize he's not he's not wrong with what he said? Although he said I do disagree with some of the points he's saying, but most head coaches are saying and thinking the same thing. Some might not feel comfortable, uh, job security, to be as direct as he was. And that I absolutely agree with. That surprised me a little bit, and I give him credit for being that way. And he said, look, I talked to to Chad Weiberg about this. It's not like it's a a surprise. We have these visits. And, of course, we'll see what that decision is at the end of the day. Got other texts coming in, and we'll get to those at 918-262-5072 here in a minute. But you know what we're going to do now? We're going to take a break, and then we're going to switch gears. We're going to talk bedlam. Hockey. (laughs) <laughs> I love this. We're going to have Oklahoma State's head hockey coach and their team captain on right here on the Blitz 1170 next. Download the Blitz 1170 app now inside your cell phone provider's app store. You don't need a radio to listen to the Blitz. From the Oklahoma Sports Desk, it's time for a two-minute drill on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. Tulsa Golden Hurricane are back at it in the Reynolds Center tomorrow as they host the Rice Owls. The Hurricane won the first matchup on January 27th, stifling a late comeback attempt. Tip-off is at 2 with 1.30 pregame starting over on Big Country 99.5. And remember, NASCAR fans, this Sunday is the Daytona 500. You'll be able to hear that event right here on the Blitz 1170 starting at 12.30. That's the window world of Tulsa 2-Minute Drill. I'm Bryce Holson, the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.